Welcome to the EQFit Podcast. Our mission is to equip people to prosper in every aspect of their life. Whether you're at home or in the workplace, we explore practical ways of improving success, satisfaction, finding balance, and building enjoyable and beneficial relationships. Thank you for joining us. Today's episode is going to seem a lot like it's only for hiring managers or HR folks who hire people or anybody who's directly involved in the hiring process, but it really impacts anybody in the workplace. And we know that the things that impact us in the workplace, we carry home with us. And we're going to talk today also about some new technology that's happening in our world. And I'm sure you'll all know when I say AI or artificial intelligence, you have a sense of what that is. You're seeing things on the news about it or reading things online. I want to start to tie those together because there's a very interesting wrinkle in the employment market right now. AI artificial intelligence has arrived. I had a great conversation the other day with a friend who runs a recruiting firm. Now, his firm is a little bit different than what we do and what I do in serving clients. I have more of a retained search firm, which is, and I should explain that. What's the difference? Because a lot of people don't understand You've got recruiting firms, you have contingency firms, you have these uh, retained search firms like us. Here's how I explain the difference. If you wanted to go buy a house and you went to a real estate agent and that real estate agent had 10 listings and that's all they showed you was those 10 listings, that's the current portfolio of what they have to put in front of you, then you would make a choice on whatever that real estate agent puts in front of you. And I I know it gets a little more complicated than that in real estate, but just kind of stick with me a minute on this. Basically, they're offering what they have and what they've identified. And that would be a contingency firm or recruiting firm that basically doesn't get paid until you make a hire or somebody makes a hire. If you flip the coin over and look at what a retained search firm is, but keep the same the same metaphor that we're working through here. A real estate agent that you go to and you tell them what your dream house is. This is how I want the house to look. This is how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms. This is what I want the kitchen, dining, living areas to look like. You're literally giving them a very distinct selection criteria based on your unique needs and desires. Well, that's what a retained search firm does when it helps organizations find the right talent because a whole lot of other things come into play when you get to that level of finding talent that fits. I have a acronym that I use, FIT, F-I-T. I call it Finding Ideal Talent. But it goes so much further. 
than just putting some resumes that fit in front of a hiring manager. There is so much more to not a good fit, not the best fit, but we focus on the right fit, culture, chemistry, character, how they fit with the team. Are their skill sets really what they are? So I wanted to give you a little preamble on what we'll talk about today because there are different types of agencies and firms out there that help organizations find talent. And if the organization has their own in-house process, that's another way to look at it. But everything we're talking about is going to directly impact what we're looking at today, the challenge that we're looking at today. So as I mentioned, artificial intelligence is here. Now I'm going to share with you what I think is the good, the bad, and no, not the ugly like the movie, but the good, the bad, and the unknown, which I hope will not be ugly. So let's look at the bad first. It seems that candidates for open positions are taking online job postings, copying the requirements, then pasting that into an AI program and asking that AI program to create a resume for them for that job. Think about that just a minute. What's the outcome? Large numbers of the resumes organizations are currently receiving today look very, very similar. Yeah, sure, there's going to be some nuances in there. But all of a sudden, finding ideal talent, the right fit candidates, just became a whole lot more difficult. Yes, there are interview processes and and all of that. And I'm going to talk about how to ensure you get the right fit a little bit later in this episode. But the challenge is very significant. This new technology where we used to look at resumes as understanding someone's writing style and how they like to communicate, that's been taken away with AI. Yes, in the past, people have hired somebody to write their resumes for them. But honestly, that is not really a lot of people that did that in the past. Maybe high-level positions that are open, maybe occasionally, but that was certainly not the norm. Today, anybody can get on their computer and jump on some form of an AI program, and I'm not going to name them today. I just, you know what I'm talking about. And they can get a very impressive resume just based on the job requirements in some job posting or in a in a job description of some kind. So how do you even deal with that? Well, let me share something else that is even more concerning and creates some real additions or multiplications probably to that challenge. Forbes did a study not too long ago. 70% of people lie on their resumes. 70%. And that could be every, it could be an exaggeration or it could be just an outright, I've got this skill, I've got that skill, but they don't really have it. So yeah, okay, there are some different levels of the 
the untruth that is being presented in those resumes. But bottom line, there's a problem with that as well. Is it ethical? Do you want to hire people who maybe aren't being truthful with you? And I know people will say, well, everybody does it. I have to do that to compete. I don't believe in that. I think you need to be yourself. And if there are skill deficiencies, maybe that job isn't for you. Or maybe you could work with the employer to upgrade those skills and get those skills. Because bottom line, if you think about it, many of the skills that we use are transferable, but every organization has its own way of doing things. So they're going to be teaching you those things anyway. I just think it's best to be authentic if you're a candidate in your resume. And for employers, and I've worked helping serve many, many different organizations over the last 35 years in finding right fit talent, um, I think it's important that we all be more authentic and, and really do a better job of getting to know each other before we make that hiring decision. I'm just going to go back to that one more time. 70% of people lie on their resumes. Did you know that? Did you know that number? You know, as shocking as that number is, it points to a very real challenge when it comes to hiring. How do you know a candidate really has the skills and experience that they say they do? And this is where technology can be used more on the dark side, let's say, than on the light side of things. So whether you're a hiring manager or not, if you're in the workplace, you're going to be impacted by this trend. Think of it this way. You may be a team member that identifies that a new hire does not have the skills they say they do or does not have what it takes to be a good team member and to support the team and to be productive in that role. You may find yourself picking up the slack for people who are not the right fit. And I would bet if you're listening to this right now, you can think back to a time when that has been the case. You had to pick up the slack for somebody who didn't have the skill sets that they presented that they had. So on the other side, if you are a hiring manager, you may have just added countless numbers of hours to your workload because we all know when we make a bad hire, it costs a lot of time, money, energy, focus, and other resources. Okay, let's get to the good. (laughs) We've had enough of the bad for a while. Let's talk about what's good about AI and technology. I call this the AI to the rescue section. If you're hiring or if you're a part of a hiring process or even a team member who's going to have new team members join you, there are some very specific things that the hiring manager or leader can do to really up their game when it comes to the hiring process. And this technology plays a big role in this. The first thing, though, is got to up 
your game when it comes to the interview process. There is no substitute for interviewing. Now, when I say up your game, what I mean is in a multidimensional way. Okay, so what does that look like? Number one, increase the number of interviews to an absolute minimum of three. I see so many organizations that do one or two interviews and make a hire. Now, organizations are getting better about this. They're understanding that there is a greater impact of the human dynamic in the hiring process. So I am seeing a lengthening of the or increase in the number of interviews, lengthening too, making them more in-depth and longer interviews, especially if it's a critical role. Um, so that is the first step. Now, I would prefer, if it's a critical role of any kind, I would love to see that number be four to six interviews. And some of that could be, let's have the candidate interview with the team or with another influencer or many different iterations of that. Number two, enhance your questions by including behavioral or situational questions for the candidate to answer based on critical skills that are needed in the role. I'm going to repeat that again because I know that's a lot. Enhance your questions by including what I call behavioral or situational questions. So the candidate has to answer those as they're in the interview process with you. And those questions should be based on things that are critical to be successful in that role. Number three, include others you trust in the interviews. And I think that's really important as well. Not, not just one person doing the interview, but get multiple people to give you insights. Somebody that you trust. Maybe somebody that has a different personality and a different perspective. I always encourage that when it comes to an interview process. And then use artificial intelligence to help you develop more insightful questions. You can do that very easily. This is where we turn the tables on AI, right? And we use it to our advantage. Um, AI is an ally. AI and predictive analytics are utilized in many newer assessments built for assessing candidates before you hire them. As an example, I'm one of only a few people certified to use a new assessment called Habit Story. And this assessment has a 93% or higher predictability rate of success for candidates for specific roles. Previously, the only way I could get that level of predictability of success was to use three to five different assessments, correlate the, the data points, and really get as deep inside as I could. So this is a huge game-changing assessment. And I'm very excited about it. And I'm not here to sell you that assessment today, although most of you probably need it. But for yourselves and for the people that work with you and around you and, and maybe the people you lead, but bottom line, I'm trying to get across the point 
that we can leverage technology in our favor to get that right fit higher. By the way, that habit story assessment, it's a multi-science assessment that makes it so much easier to get the right fit. And here's the key, the first time. Here's another point. How can we leverage technology? How can we enhance our ability to get the right fit higher? Take those pre-hire assessments to really understand critical components of what is going to make up that predictability of how successful someone can be in that position. This is likely the very best way to truly measure candidate fit for a position. I mean, it's the same information that you learn about somebody if you worked with them for a year or two, but you get to know that before you make the hire. And one caveat here, this is not one assessment. So many organizations have their, quote, favorite assessment, and they only use one, and that is a recipe for disaster. I would never recommend using one assessment only for It just no sense. One, it doesn't make sense. It's only one measure of a candidate, one facet. We need to see the holistic look. We need to see the whole candidate. Well, what does that look like? Okay, here's what you can do with good validated assessments. Will they fit your culture? Do they have the hard and soft skills that you need for that position? Do they have the cognitive skills and abilities that are necessary to succeed in that that role? What is their work and communication styles? Does that fit with the organization, with the team that they'll be a part of? What are their productive and counterproductive habits? That comes out of that habit story assessment, and that's a very big deal. Counterproductive habits are just as important or maybe even more important than productive habits. That is a root cause assessment that is truly incredible when it comes to the ability to to select the right people in a pre-hire mode, but then to develop people and make them even more productive down the road. The ability to build trust. We can measure that through assessments. How do they, what is their trust style? How do they build trust? How effective at building trust are they? Leadership capacity. This is something I've had organizations ask me for for years. Can you measure the capacity someone has for leadership? Yes, we can. Emotional intelligence skills. And I'm sure you've heard it by now. That is the number one skill set for success in today's workplace is emotional intelligence skills. Sure, there's hard skills, management skills, leadership skills. All of those are important. By the way, most critical leadership skills are based in soft skills, and the foundation of that is emotional intelligence. And then what about mindsets? What is the mindset of an individual? Where does their brain go related to how they approach people and tasks? There's a great assessment for that. So the point of all of this is let's leverage technology 
to get the absolute best hires. And let's do away with all that worry about relying on resumes and relying only on, on an interview or two. Let's put a process together that makes more sense and frankly is going to double the national average. I know that's my, that's the number I've hit. I'm more than double the national average for successful hires. And for those of you who may not know that, that number is somewhere in the high 40% range. Pretty scary, huh? Less than half the hires are successful. So here's the last thing you can do. And this is something we've added to our search process when we do a retained search for someone. Challenge project. In the 35 years I've been doing searches for clients, one of the best additions that I have added is what I call a challenge project. Give the candidates who reach the final stages a project of some kind that will provide deep insight into how they think, write, communicate, use their collective skills and experience, their ability to influence around things that are important to that job and that role in the organization. This is especially important in any role that has a greater impact on the bottom line. What could that be? Sales, manager or leader, team lead, C-suite or executive. I mean, you can think of any position that has any kind of significant impact on the bottom line. So technology can be our friend when hiring. I don't really understand why anyone would make a significant hire without a good pre-hire assessment package. What do I mean by that? And I'll state this as clearly as I can. Multiple assessments based in multiple sciences. Not just a personality assessment. Not just a strengths assessment. No, no. It needs to go far beyond that. And by the way, the expense of these and the time it takes to do them is not what everybody fears. If you're going to invest tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars into someone on an annual basis as an employee, an hour or so of their time or a few hundred dollars to up to maybe a thousand dollars or a little more to do this kind of an assessment process, why would you not do that? We all know what the cost of turnover is. Turnover can be as high as two to four times the annual compensation for a position. Sure, for lower level positions, it'll be less than that. But you know what that number is? 30 to 40% of that annual compensation for that position. So the bottom line of all of this, before we talk about how we really put this into application is there is a lot out there to help people make the best decisions possible. I like to call it greater confidence consistently with making decisions about people. Okay, we've talked about the bad of AI and technology. We've talked about the good. Now let's talk about the unknown. We don't really know where AI is going to take us. 
It's a rapidly expanding technology. No question about that. What we do know about AI are the following things. It will never replace the need for people in the workplace. New technologies always require change and adaptation. It's a very useful tool if it's used wisely. It will probably enhance performance. What will it do to employee engagement, though? That's an unknown. So what should we focus on today? The jobs of tomorrow are not even on our radar today. I think you know or you may have heard that five years down the road, 60, 70, 80% of the jobs will be brand new and different than anything we have today. So there really isn't anything productive in worrying about all of the challenges AI and other technologies may bring. It's time to put even more focus on people. Here's the very interesting dichotomy of all of this. As AI increases, what happens to the human dynamic and the human uh, investment into human capital? Does it go down? Because if you're going to increase the tools, but you don't increase the capacity and skills of the people, the tools are going to be useless or very, very little productivity or profitability coming out of those tools. So hiring right the first time becomes really critical. And I've had this conversation with many different clients over the years. Every hiring opportunity is an opportunity to upgrade. I'm not saying anything bad about the people who were there before, who have moved on or retired or whatever. The reality is every time you hire, a few specific things are going to happen. You can either upgrade or degrade that role. You will either add to your culture positively or you will take away from your culture negatively. There is no middle of the, of the line on this. There's no fence sitting on this. So finding talent that is the right fit has become an even greater challenge today, but not when you have the right process in place. Yes, it takes some effort to do this, but the ROI when you do is truly amazing. With the right hiring process, you can easily avoid bad hires. 100% of the time, probably not. But if you get in the mid-90s, are you okay with that? Mid-90% range? I would be. Lower turnover costs. I mean, that's money that could go right to other initiatives and other efforts. Make the onboarding of new employees much, much easier. And make their development much easier. Reduce the time a new hire needs to become fully productive. That's what you can get out of a good process that includes the things we've talked about. Take advantage of opportunities you might have lost. A lot of people call that opportunity cost. I've got a friend who has cycled through sales managers for years. And they're currently looking for a new one. And... Every day that goes by, because they just can't seem to get it together 
and find the right people. And they're very stuck on, oh, it has to be in my industry. It can't be, they can't have come from somewhere else. Well, sales is sales, guys. And yes, industry knowledge can be important. There's no doubt about that. But the reality is, every day that goes by, opportunities are lost. Cultivate the culture you want to live and work in. You know what? That's a very big deal. The the biggest reason by percentage that people leave an organization is because they don't like the culture. You can increase productivity and capacity if you hire right fit candidates. And you can even raise engagement levels. Everybody who does an engagement survey, we got to get our engagement levels up. What's going on here? Bottom line, it's about the people. Hiring right fit candidates is going to automatically enhance your engagement levels and you're not going to be draining and putting other people into burnout. Now, this may sound like a lot of positive thinking, but the reality is I've seen this proven out in many organizations over the years. Getting the hiring process right is one of the best things an organization can have as a strategic goal. Again, I'm going to repeat that. If you want to have a really strong strategic goal for this year and next year, get your hiring process right so that you're hiring right fit candidates. Again, not a good fit, not the best fit right now, but the right fit, what you truly need. Now, a little bit of background, and I'll leave you with this. I've been in the retained search business. What is the difference? What do I mean by retained search? I get paid as I go. I don't start a search until I get the first payment, and then, but I am totally focused on identifying the specific needs for that role in that team, in that organization, and understanding how the culture fit needs to be, understanding all those different fits we talked about. Culture, chemistry, character, skills, experience, soft skills, emotional intelligence, everything comes together to get this customized approach for the unique right fit for that position in that organization. That's what I mean by a retained search firm. Not just having resumes thrown at you and maybe you'll hire somebody and you'll pay a contingency firm. I don't have anything against contingency firms. I'm just telling you what the differences are. We work for our clients specifically. We talk to, by the way, the vast majority of right fit candidates are not looking for a job right now. Just That's just the truth of our current employment marketplace. So we have to do what we call passive candidate searching. Why do I share all of this? So that if you didn't know about how all of this comes together and works, now you have better knowledge. Now, the choice is yours. Do it yourself. Hire a contingency firm. Hire a retained search firm like us. But the key here is the process. Getting that process right, whether you do it or somebody else helps you with it, that's the key. So over the years, 
It has produced the process I've developed over 35 years and refined has produced hundreds of right fit hires all the way up to CEOs of organizations. Our process has 27 steps. Now, that I know that sounds like a lot, but the reality is every one of those steps is in there for a very specific reason. And if you want to know more about that, there is a video uh, on our YouTube channel, just at EQFit. You can go watch those higher right videos and you can learn the process that we use. That's free to you right now. So let me leave you with a thought. Whether you're a team member or a hiring manager or you're an owner of an organization, you want to bring onto your team people who will fit. Not a good fit, not the best fit, but the right fit because that's going to make work and life a whole lot more enjoyable and frankly, a whole lot more successful. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you have any questions about this week's episode or maybe a suggestion for future episodes you'd like us to explore, please contact us through our website at eqfit.org. For more information and inspiration, connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at EQFit.